Let's pray together. You are my portion, Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Heavenly Fathers, I want to thank you so much for the opportunity to come once again to meet together as a family and in person. God, we reflect and we meditate upon these last few months, upon how faithful you have been. Even in times when we were faithless, even in times when we have fallen, God, you are always faithful. God, you are the one that has held us in your own hands. It wasn't us just holding on to you, God, but in our deepest places of our low pits that we were in. God, it was you that have held us. And God, it is you that is holding us right now in this very moment. So God, I pray, God, that you be the center of our service right now. That you take control of this service right now. God, if your presence is not here with us, everything, God, that we do is in vain, oh God. So we invite your Holy Spirit. We invite your presence, God, here in this place. Open up our hearts and our ears to hear the, your voice, to hear the word that you have in store for us today, God. I pray for every single one of the members right now. I pray for those who are heavy laden, who are going through burdens right now. I pray for the peace of God that transcends understanding to come upon them and to give them rest, oh Lord. For God, your yoke is easy and your burden is light, oh Lord. And God, now as you transition now to the message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my hearts and the meditation of our hearts will be pleasing in your sight, oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We give all glory to you. Take control of the service, God. Be the center of the service. Let's just take a moment right now, just in our voices, just to give thanks to God, just in the whispers of our voices, just give Him thanks. Just give Him thanks. Give Him thanks right now. Just praise His name. Despite your circumstances, praise His name. Give Him all the glory that He deserves. We're not here for ourselves, we're here for Him. We're here to worship Him and to praise Him. Worship Him. Praise Him. Give Him thanks. For He's worthy of our praises. Oh God, we bless your name today. Blessed be your name. For you give and you take away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Blessed be your name, O Lord. Let your name be praised. Give you thanks, God. So God, for every word, every prayer that was spoken today in the whispers of our hearts, we give you all the glory. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, I pray, and God's people pray, amen and amen. God bless you guys. You guys could sit. Okay, let's take a moment to greet one another, like for real this time. <laughs> and then I want you guys to relax. I want you guys to be like KP, just relax. Um, and you guys look really funny right now. You guys look like you, we could make kimbap. And like we're like chefs or something with our masks. We just need the hat. But anyways, it's good to see you. How's everyone? It's good to see everybody. Um, let's begin with the message. Uh, I hope that you guys have been following uh, the messages, the series that we've been on. Uh, we are in part seven of the Job series. And today's title is called, It's Okay to not be okay. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, it's okay, it's okay. to not be okay. And, to, and please tell them, grieve well. I'll begin with this quote with Reverend Robert Brumet. He says, the spiritual healing begins when we are willing to see our suffering as a stepping stone rather than a stumbling block. I'll say that again. Spiritual healing 
begins when we are willing to see our suffering as a stepping stone rather than a stumbling block. So by definition, what does it mean to grieve? The word grief, it means this. The response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or something that has died, to which a bond or affection was formed, a cause of such suffering, painful regret. It's a loss of a pet, a loved one, a friend, a family member. It's a loss. It's a response to the loss that you, you, that, that, that you went through in life, particularly, particularly to the loss of someone or something that has died. Definition of grieving means this, to feel grief or great sorrow. And during seminary, I had to do a paper, a big paper, and it was called a grief paper. And each person had to write a story of a time in their life, a pain that they went through, a loss that they went through. And it was a difficult paper for us to write. We had to like four or five pages of it. And we had to go on and on and talk about the pain that we experienced in our lives, in our childhood. And what I learned from this paper was this. What I learned from that class was this. That grieving well is so important to the Christian faith. As a Christian and as a human being, you need to learn how to grieve well. And you'll see here today in stories, in the scripture today that's found in Job chapter 3. That, grief, that Job, he learns to grieve well before God. Grieving well is key, is important to the Christian faith. In life and in church, it's okay to say, I am not doing okay. Please turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay to not be okay. Except for you then. Not there yet. So let's go to today's passage. Again, Job is speaking. The title is called Job Speaks. And here, Job is grieving. In other words, he is lamenting. Remember, he lost everything except for his wife. He lost his children, his belongings, his property. Now, the second test, remember, he had was all over his body, his skin, his body. And he, is, he, was, he didn't speak. Oh, well, he spoke. He said, may the name of the Lord be praised. But when his friends came, right, Eliphaz, Zophar, and Bildad, when they came, we see that this is the first time Job actually opens his mouth. So let's go ahead and read. It's a little long, so please bear with me. Starting from verse 1, it says this. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, May the day of my birth perish, and the night that said a boy is conceived. That day may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine on it. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm it. That night may thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May that night be barren. May no shadow of joy be heard in it. May those who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. May its morning stars become dark. May it wait for daylight in vain and not see the first rays of dawn. For it did not shut the doors of the womb on me to hide trouble from my eyes. Verse 11. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? For now I'll be lying down in peace. I'll be asleep and at rest with kings and rulers of the earth who built for themselves places now lying in ruins, with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden away in the ground like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day? There the wicked cease from turmoil, and there the weary are at rest. Captives also enjoy their ease. They no longer hear the slave driver shout. The small and the great are there. And the slaves are freed from their owners. Why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul? To those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasure, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave. Verse 23, why is life given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For sighing has become my daily food. I'll say that again. For sighing has become my daily food. My groans pour out like water. What I fear has come upon me. 
What a dread it has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Literally, verse 40, 24 to 26 is very depressing. For sighing has become my daily food. And turmoil is the only thing that Job is experiencing at this very moment. Remember his loss. Try to think about what he's going through. He had lost everything. Grieving well is key as a Christian. You may look at this passage and think, wow, why is Job overreacting? No, he's not. He is actually commendable and honorable, the fact that he is being dishonest, not just to his friends, but before God. He is grieving what he's going through. He's not saying, curse God. He's saying, curse the day of his birth, my birth. He's talking about himself. He's saying, it's better that I would not, that I would even have been born in this life. Have you ever gone through that time in your life where you were in this low state in your faith and in your walk with God? And this is where Job is. So with that, I have four points for us. Starting with point number one is this. Do not bottle up in your grief. I'll say it again. Do not bottle up in your grief. Do not hold it in. It's important for us to release them. You have to release the grief that you're feeling. Do not bottle up the pain and the suffering that you're undergoing right now. You need to release them to God. Verse 1, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He opened his mouth. It was important that he spoke. He brought the words that he was feeling, that he was grieving inside. It was important for him to bring it out into the light, especially in front of his friends. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. We have this wrong concept, uh, this mindset, perception, that to be strong, that we are to bottle it in, especially as Asians, Asian men especially. We don't like to share our feelings. But it's important that we open our mouths. Opening our mouth and saying that I am not doing okay equals strength. That is true strength, admitting that you need help. To confess with your mouth say, to, and to say, I am suffering and I am not doing okay. We had a time with the praise team yesterday. We had a time to, where we got to share some things. You know, we don't need to share good news all the time. The key is just to be honest what you're going through at that very moment. And we had a real moment yesterday, and I was very thankful for that. And we need to do that as a church. And how do we do that as a Christian? Well, we pray. We pray through prayer is good. Again, honesty prayer through surrender to God, by submitting to God. Another great way is to journal, right? A lot of times it's hard to speak, and it's good to journal it's a healthy outlet. You need to find healthy outlets. I'm not saying go play video games mindlessly, waste hours of your time. But find a healthy outlet, a friend that you can talk to, a brother you can talk to, a sister you can talk to. You could, it could be a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, just a, just a simple fellowship, a godly fellowship. You need to have a healthy friendships and relationships around you, near you. And you need to have a healthy outlet. For me, I like to... When I exercise, I like to exercise at night. I don't really like to do it in the morning because at night, it's a stress reliever, right? It's just all the day and all the things, and it's good for me. And that works for me. What works for you? We're all different. But again, the principle is the same. Do it godly. It has to be godly. Exercising, reading, writing, walking, and sharing. And I'm not saying make a Facebook post, make it public for everyone and share it to the world. You know, we have this wrong perception that as a church that we encourage people to share their testimony to, in front of hundreds of strangers. But I advise against that. That's not really wise. And I've seen a lot of kids, a lot of kids become a target, a victim to this after being encouraged, quote unquote, encouraged to share their testimony, to share their story of their family and the parents and the brokenness of their family. And then it goes to the wrong hands and then they become a target of gossip 
in the church. And they actually end up leaving the church. Your story, your grief journal, your story, what you went through as a child, what you're going through right now is key. Think of it as a diamond. You do not give diamonds to to herd of pigs. You give it to the right person. You give it to the right individual, to the person who will honor your story. And it is important that we honor that person's diamond when someone comes and shares their story. And whatever they share with you, you keep the confidentiality. You honor their story. You don't go and you gossip about them. Hey, did you hear? You want to hear what this person told me? You want to hear about this person? We honor that individual. And again, I've seen so many times kids share their stories, their diamond stories to the wrong people, and they become a victim of gossip. And how fast the word spreads. They share it to a teacher or a pastor, and then they go ahead and the word goes around in the church. How sad is that? So again, point number one, do not bottle up in your grief. Have a healthy outlet. Release it in a healthy way. And you'll see later here, Job, he opens his mouth. His friends sat with him quietly for seven days. It seemed like they're cool, right? They're good friends. But you'll see later, and Job, he will regret that he even started talking to them. Because you'll see that later, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, it would have been better if Job had kept quiet and not have shared what he was going through. Again, share it to the right individuals. Share it to the right person. Leading to point number two, do not curse God in your grief. Do not curse God in your grief. Two things here. Letter A, the right way to respond to God. Letter B, the wrong way to respond to God. As a Christian, we have two options. There's a right way to respond to God, and there's a wrong way to respond to God. Let me give you an example in the book of Job, the right way to respond to God. The first example is this, the right way is found in Job chapter 1, verse 20 to 22. It says this, at this, Job got up, tore his robe, and shaved his head. Remember the phases of the things that, got, that was taken away from him. At this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. What did Job do? What what was the right thing that he did? He did not charge God. He did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. He did not blame God. He responded in the right way. Next, I'll give you an example that's found in the book of Job, an individual who responded to God in the wrong way. It's found in Job chapter 2, verse 9. The wrong way. The example is this. What does Job's wife say? She says this. His wife said to him, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. That was the goal of Satan. That's exactly what Satan was trying to do. That Job, God, let me take away the things of Job from Job and let me attack his health and I promise you he will curse you and he will walk away from you. And this is exactly what Job's wife did. Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and die. And as things get worse, we see Job, he becomes stronger and stronger. His character is revealed. Another example, and the last example of of the right way is found in the next verse, Job chapter 2, verse 10. And this is in response to what his wife just said, curse God and die. He says this, he replied, you are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. He did not sin with his words. He did not curse God, just like his wife wanted. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? To the point where he goes and he calls his wife a fool. You are talking like a foolish woman. As a Christian, it's so important for us to respond to God in the right way. 
You have to. It's, it's not an option. As a Christian, we cannot curse God. For God has a reason for everything that he does, for he is God. And you'll see at the end of the book of Job that God, he doesn't even explain why he did what he did. Pretty much he's saying, just trust me. I love you. I know what to give you. I know what to take away from you. My timing is perfect. Job, he does not curse God. And the key lesson here, the key lesson here in point number two, the key lesson from Job is this, that we learn in Job 2, that in all this, Job did not sin in what he did. He did not curse God. He did not curse God. Rather, he cursed his birth. He cursed himself, not God. What does he say? After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. That was the first word. The first sentence, the first words that came out of Job's mouth was not, may God be cursed. But he said, may the day of my birth perish. My day, my birth. Reading from verse 1 through 16 again. Please follow along. These are just beautiful words that Job, he's being really honest and genuine, not just before his friends, but before God. And I pray that when we are grieving, that we'll be like this. He says, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, may the day of my birth perish. And the night that said, a boy is conceived. That day, may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine on it. May gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm it. That night, may thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May that night be barren. May no shadow of joy be heard in it. May those who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. May its morning stars become dark. May it wait for daylight in vain. Not see the first rays of dawn. For it did not shut the doors of the womb on me to hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? But now I would be lying down in peace, for I would be asleep and at rest with kings and rulers of the earth who built for themselves places now lying in ruins, with princes who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden away in the ground like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day? This reminds me of Psalm 88, where it ends with, darkness is my closest friend. I mean, a dark song. And it's a dark passage. Chapter 3 is very dark. And we see here Job, he is all over the place. In his emotions, emotionally, physically, spiritually, he's all over the place. He's undergoing tremendous pain and all how low he is going and how low he is right now. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay to be in that low place. It's okay. In fact, it's good. Because only when you go down, you appreciate what it means to be up. If you don't go down, you don't know what grace means. You don't know what salvation means. You don't know what hope means. You have to be in a place of hopelessness in order for us to cry out to God. Imagine, if we were always comfortable, if everything was so easy, why would we need God? If we were so good, if we were so perfect, why would there be a need of a Savior? It's because we do not have it all together. We all fall short of the glory of God. And we need a Savior to come to our rescue. And again, the key lesson that we can learn here in point number two is that Job, he never cursed God. He curses his birth, but he never curses God. I beg you, Christian men and women of God, never curse God. Please do not curse God in your pain and in your suffering, and in your grieving season, and in the period that you're in. Hold on to him. Hold on to him in your suffering. All the more, even more in your hopelessness. Hold on to him. Which leads to point number three. And can we please turn to our neighbor again and say, it's okay okay. to not be okay. 
It's okay to not be okay. Job chapter 3, verse 1 to 26, what we just read, the long passage that we just read, is full of Job not being okay. He's not okay. We're not saying what he's saying is okay, but it's okay because he was in a very low place. And there are times where we can be that way, and it's perfectly fine. If you read the book of Psalms, it's full of that. It's full of lamenting, grieving, crying out to God, revealing the humanity of that individual, the person that wrote that song. And I cannot tell you why bad things happen to good people, why bad things happen to good people, and why good things happen to bad people, or bad things to bad people, or good things to good people. All I can say is that we are broken individuals living in this broken world, And as long as we live in this broken world, we will continue to have hardships, headaches, heartbreaks. We'll continue to have broken relationships. We'll continue to have sicknesses and deaths. And Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 is clear. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. And we learn in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, that, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Yes, bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Vice versa, it doesn't matter. But in the end, as a Christian, as a child of God, it's promised, when we went over the Philippians series, it's, it's promised to us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, that my God will meet all my needs according to who? To the riches, to the riches of his glory in who? In Christ Jesus. What do I mean by that? Even if I don't have this computer, if, even if I don't have the car, if I don't have the house, the roof, it doesn't matter. It could be taken all away like Job. In the end, I have all my needs fulfilled. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. That's all we need as a Christian. Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end. He is my everything. Everything can be stripped away from me. And you have everything. That is the mindset and the life of a Christian. Everything else is a blessing from God. He gives and he takes away. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Everything that Job knew and the cold that he lived by, it crumbled before his very eyes. Everything. However, even when things fall apart, may we never lose sight of our King, Jesus Christ. Even when God throws a curveball to you, Hey, God, that's not how usually you do things with me. I never get speeding ticket or because, you know, you love me, God, and you protect me from the cops. And, you know, there was a period when, uh, when I was younger, I used to get, like, always, like, something with, like, the cops, right, with, like, a speeding ticket or something. There was a time where uh, my license was revoked for me. And, and then when I gave my life to God, like, literally, I kid you not, like, I could be speeding a little bit, cops wouldn't even notice me. I'm like, whoa, God, like, I'm, I'm, I'm police proof. Like, now, you, like, you love me and you're with me. So there were many years where I did not get any tickets. Like, my insurance was good and everything was good. And then at one point in my early 20s, and I was not speeding, and this cop comes out of nowhere. He pulls me on the parkway. And then he says, excuse me, you're speeding? I was like, officer, I was not speeding. I'm like, do you not, like, I don't, I don't do bad things, you know, I gave my, like, I didn't say that, but in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, God's with me, I'm not going to get a ticket, and they actually got a ticket, and it just blew my world apart, I'm like, whoa, God is throwing a curveball, and he's throwing me off right now, and God does that so many times, he throws a curveball, but even then, God's name is to be praised, no matter what, he gives, and he takes away. Even when things fall apart, may we never lose sight of who our king is. 
that God is the same yesterday, today, forever, it says according to Hebrews, that he will never change. The purpose for us to crying out to him is for us to change, for our hearts to change, for our hearts to hunger more for him. It's for our purpose that God throws the curveballs. So what is the purpose to our lives as a Christian? The answer is Jesus Christ. To be in Christ and to abide in Jesus Christ. To be made alive in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, it makes it very clear for us as Christians what it means, what the answer is to this life. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, starting from verse 1, it says this, As for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins. You are dead. Before you met Christ, you are already dead. Doomed for eternity away from God in hell. It says in verse 2, In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit, who is the kingdom of the air? Satan. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, verse 3, lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Verse 4, but because of his great love for us, because of God's unconditional agape love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. And I love verse 10. And I'm finishing with this. For we are God's handiwork. In other translations it says, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Again, the heading of Ephesians chapter 2 is to be made alive in Christ. You were once dead in your transgressions, in your sin. You used to live in the ways of, this, of the world. But now, what, the, what, does, what, what did Christ do for us? He seated us with him in the heavenly realms. He raised us up. We are no longer dead in our sins. We are no longer lost in our ways of, of our past. He saved us by his grace. Now he has called you, each and every single one of you, to be his workmanship, his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You have been saved by grace. Why? So that you can honor God. So that you can praise God. So that you can serve him only for the rest of your days until you take your final breath. Therefore, it's okay to not be okay because you have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You were once dead, now you're alive. Just because you feel like you're not doing well, you feel, it's about emotion. Again, too many people are lost in their emotion and their feeling. When we come to church, I don't feel like I want to worship. I don't feel like God loves me. That's just your feeling. Don't trust your feelings. Your feelings come and goes. Your feelings, it cannot be trusted but you can trust the word of God that he raised you up and he, is, he has seated us with him in the heavenly realms with him. Do not trust your feelings. But at the same time, it's okay to be not okay. It's okay. Why? Because in the end, we'll be made alive with him. Leading to last point, point number four. And I'm going to end it with this. Do not walk away. Do not walk away. What do I mean by do not walk away? Do not give up. Do not quit. You are not finished yet, Brother Enrico. You are not finished. God is not finished with us, Ronnie. 
KPA is not finished. Even though school will finish soon, it is not finished. We have until the last day, until we take our final breath here on earth, until you take the final breath here in this life. Keep on swinging. Keep on swinging. Keep on swinging. You have fallen. It's okay. Keep on swinging and keep doing it again and again and again. Do not think it is finished. It is not finished. Not yet. The steadfast, the word, the vision for this year is not just for 2020. It's for the remaining days of our lives. Jerry, we're praying for him. Harry's like, what? Jerry? I'm Harry. <laughs> but Jerry's not doing too well. But we're going to pray for him. And again, we're here for one another. Right, Harry? It's not finished yet. We're in it to finish together. And I want to share this passage that's been speaking to me this week. It's found in Philippians chapter 1, going back to the Philippians series in verse 6. It says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'll say that again. Being confident of this, again, Paul is in prison as he's writing this, that he, God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion. It is not you. I will carry it to completion with my own strength, for I will have bad days. For it is not just me, God, holding on to you, but it is you holding on to me. You will carry me onto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. To simplify it, NLT Transition says this, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Job in the end, like all of us, like we all do, came to a crossroad in his life. Job had the, Job had the choice to curse God and walk away or hold on to God and walk with Him. And the question is, how will your story play out? How will you respond to God in the place of your suffering and the trial that you're undergoing right now and the emotion that you're in right now? Will you, letter A, curse God and walk away as Joe's wife did, or you still maintain your integrity. Curse God and die and have sympathy for his wife because just like Joe, she underwent the tremendous pain of losing her children as well. They're both on the same boat, but two complete opposite responses to God. Will you curse God and walk away or let her be? Will you hold on to God and walk with Him? For He has been faithful to you all these years. Reflect back to your past. Reflect back to our first mission trip in the Philippines, Brother Rico. Even when, when the odds were stacked against us, we went and we were able to see the family that you haven't seen in 13 years. We were there together in the hometown that you grew up in. God is full of miracles. God is full of goodness. The same God that was faithful then is the same God that is faithful today and He will continue to be no matter what in each and every single generation that passes. Our God will never change. He will never change. Joshua 23 verse 8 tells us this, but you are to hold fast. In other translation, hold fast means cling tightly to God. Cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have until now. Even though your faith may feel like it's not as strong as it was when we were doing summer missions last year, it doesn't matter. It is God that is holding you. Hold on to what you can and grieve well as Job did here in chapter 3. Grieve well. 
Do not be like these Christian leaders. We see a lot of apostasy that we're hearing right now. Pastors from big churches who are walking away from their faith. Just like the story of John chapter 6 verse 66. When the disciples, they decide to walk away from him. They say, Jesus, this is a hard teaching. Who can receive them? Who can understand this type of teaching? Just saying, eat my flesh, drink my blood. He's saying, I am your life. I am your food and I'm your drink. People are like, oh, it's too much. They walk away, walk away, walk away. We hear Christian leaders, people like Joshua Harris, who wrote the book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. He renounced his faith. He no longer walks with the Lord. Two choices. Will you curse God, walk away from him? Or let it be, will you hold on to him and walk with him? How will your story play out? I pray right now, I pray with all of my heart that no matter where we are right now, what we have done, that we will hold, we'll cling tightly to God right now at this very moment. Cling tightly to Him. With that, I want to invite you to close your eyes with me. Cling tightly to God. The situation to your life is not the end of your life right now. Your condition does not have the final word. Your condition does not define who you are. What others say about you, what others, how others think about you does not have the final word to who you are and whose you are. Only Jesus Christ has the final word to your life and you have been bought by the blood that was shed for us. Through Jesus Christ, you are made alive again. Do not forget whose you are and who you belong to. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is everything that you need. Nothing more, nothing less. He is the only, the only answer and the answer that you're looking for. And we know that in all things that God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Have you forgotten that you have been called according to his purpose? Do not forget. He is walking with you. He is with you right now at this very moment. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Do you love him? Answer that question in your heart. Do you truly love him? If you say yes, be at, be at rest. Let your heart be at peace. Because God, he will take care of all your needs, all your wantings, all your desires, all your cries. He is with you, and he will take care of all your needs. Trust him. Don't trust in yourselves. Don't trust in the money that you have in your bank account. Don't trust in the relationships, in the friendships, in the worldly things. But trust in him and look to him. For he is the one that is holding you. He will complete it on the day of completion. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion on the day of Christ Jesus. So right now with our eyes closed, as a church, as we have gathered, after four months we have gathered, Can we just come honest before God together as a church and tell him this tell him God I've been neglecting you I've been living my own life I've gotten lost in my own way but Lord here I am here I am to repent once again here I am Lord I'm hungry here I am I'm thirsty and God, just like the book of Job that we learned here in chapter 3, it's okay to not be okay. Right now, God, I am not doing okay. And that is okay. 
Let us learn to grieve well. Let us not curse God, but let us bless His name. Let us say, may the name of the Lord be praised, for He gives and He takes away. Let us not sin against God by what we say. Let us not curse God, but let us bless His name. Let us give Him thanks for who He is. Can we come together as a church right now and pray to Him and cry to Him in our own respective places? Let us pray together. close, I'm going to go ahead and read the song that we're going to be singing. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me can we at this time I want to encourage you to continue praying but as a praise team plays in the background when you're ready I want you to come we're going to sing this song a few times now and I want us to get our hearts ready before God and let us just sing together and let's just make this our worship and let's just make it all about him let's just give him all the glory that he deserves So I want to invite you to continue praying. And praise team, let's go ahead and sing, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And let's set the atmosphere so that we can freely worship and pray to God at this time. Yeah. 
Often on this, that who he began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Father, thank you that God that you will carry it on to completion. God, it is you that is holding us. It is not just us holding on to you. It may seem like we're holding on to you, but it is you that is holding us in your loving arms. For you love us. We are your children, and you see us for who we are. Lord, we pray. I pray right now for every prayer, for every whisper, every song that was sung. May your name be praised. May your name be glorified. Take all the glory to yourself. For God, today's service is all about you. It's for your kingdom and for your purpose, oh God. We thank you. We love you. Pray all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, my pray, and God's people pray, Amen, amen. and amen. amen.